1: Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook.
0: Uh, I, I figured this would get the kind of reaction that it has on the flagship message board at Horns 24-7. Uh, so our, our lead tidbit in the Insider, Cam, is this, which that's our weekly collection of, of team uh, VIP news notes and nuggets. We get this, the stampede on Monday with the recruiting stuff. The Insider comes out on Thursday. Um, This is really interesting, Cam. It's a tidbit about summer workouts, but maybe not. What you would be thinking in terms of a summer workout tip, but okay. I'll read this is a quote from a source uh, to Horns twenty four seven in the Insider verbatim about why Steve Sarkeesian is changing the way plays are signaled. Now we don't know what they're going to right or what the change is going to be, but quote all of the cards that have been used and all of the signals from the sideline are completely being changed out. Sark got word that teams were onto his signals. So the last several meetings and player-coach practices have been dedicated to learning the new signals. For the players, this has all just begun, so it's like learning a new language in a lot of ways because there's a lot of information coming in from the sideline each position group has to process. A player's ability to pick up these new signals is playing a big role in some of their ability to break into the 2-deep right now. The source said there were certain games, including last year's matchup against Alabama and UT's home game against TCU, quote, when it seemed like the other team knew what play was coming, the new special assistants, that being Paul Christ, uh, Pi Sadat, and Jody Camillus, looked at last year's games and confirmed the concerns that opponents might have known Texas' signals, the source mm. said. Mm. Getting the new signals down have been, quote, a huge priority for the two deep, end quote. Quote, everything these players have known in terms of the way plays were communicated the last two seasons has changed, end quote. So Cam... That is fascinating to me for a couple yeah. of reasons. Namely, again, props to our subscribers, our members at horns Four Seven. Could this explain at least some of the reason why Texas has struggled in second halves mm-hmm. under Sark?
1: Wasn't this also an issue for Tom Herman's staff too, right?
0: Yes, you know the first the first time I remember hearing this. I'm sure I heard about it before, but the first time I really remember hearing this
1: about Harmon or staff.
0: No, this is back in 2004. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, and Major Applewhite's told this story back on in the, the record. So, yeah, the word is Major Applewhite, who was a graduate assistant at the time, is walking through the football complex, and great Greg Robinson, the late great Greg Robinson, who's a did a fantastic job the two seasons he was at Texas in 2004 and, and 2013 getting that defense turnaround and putting actually a, a respectable product on the field by the end of the year after that debacle in Provo. Greg Davis, I'm sorry, Greg Robinson is in his office, a major alpoite's walking down the hall, and the TV in Greg Robinson's office is on full blast. What the heck is going on? He goes in there, and Greg Robinson with the TV on full blast Has got his ear up to the TV speaker, you know, the old school like box TVs. He's got his ear up to the speaker. And Major's like, What are you doing? He said, They don't change their signals. Their signals are the same. So basically, Tech kept the the same signals. And that's the short of it. Why Texas, I think it was 5528 or. A lot to not enough when Texas fifty five twenty one when Texas went out to Lubbock in 04 mm. and beat Texas Tech because they didn't change their signals and Greg Robinson pretty much knew what was coming, what calls to send in. So that's a big deal. You've got to constantly be changing your signals, and it sounds like Sark fell victim to that. And I do wonder. You know, we talk all the time about, in, in 1999, the dummy script, the dummy script game, the Texas OU yep, game. Where Mike Leach. Tom Herman and Oscar Giles. Yeah, another thing involving Mike Leach. Tom Herman and Oscar Giles picked up the dummy script, took it to the press box, the Bull Reese, and Texas took the bait. Right. The, 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 the script that they thought was the actual play sheet was a dummy script. So this is something that's co- constantly got to evolve. Uh, but, yeah, that, that does – that, to me, could at least in part partly explain <laughs> why second halves have been a big issue for this offense. Because if you're taking the first half, maybe you don't just want to go all in, thinking, all right, maybe they changed them this week. And, and we know Sark is, is really, really good at designing an opening script. Maybe you're just taking the first half to figure out, okay, when Sark gets into the flow of calling plays, how, what do their signals look like? And if you spend the first half thinking, okay, they're not going to change them, now we know what to expect in the second half, it makes it much easier to adjust when you know what's coming. So, I'm not saying that excuses everything we've seen from Sark, but I would be naive to say that, all right, if you didn't change your signals, and we know stealing signals or looking at them, however you want to couch it, we know that that goes on in college football, it goes on in pro football. That would at least explain part of it. It has to, you'd be naive to think that that doesn't have something to do with the way this offense has struggled in the second half of games.
1: It's. A little bit concerning, Jeff, I think because Sark's been calling plays since his days at USC, right? So you you feel like he would have a good grasp of like, okay, how can I avoid other teams catching on to our calls, right? So that's a little weird that in in this time at Texas that teams figuring out. And how about this text from the Specs text line saying that their son worked for the West Virginia football team last year. Wow. And they knew every one of Texas's signals on offense.
0: That's that's
1: wild. What a con- contribution! Thank you, Specs Tech. That may be that. the
0: best contribution we've ever gotten on the Specs Tech line. Assuming assuming this is legit, that that, that would be the best contribution we've ever gotten. I I think it's it, changing your signals though is I think is easier said than done, right? Because, yeah. and I think for Sark especially year one and even going into year two, there's still so much teaching you're doing with with the offense you're trying to install uh, that maybe you just want to make sure that everybody understands what's going. On. Especially last year, I mean, you think about it breaking in a new quarterback with Quinn Ewers you you couldn't change a whole lot right like especially on the fly i mean that's that would be yeah that'd be you hamstringing your own quarterback you're putting him at a disadvantage but i think now the ability to start fresh and start over and look you know before you before you go to tuscaloosa you you've got the rice game to to work the kinks out you've got the rice game to figure out how it's all going to go and and you you know you've got the camp scrimmages too but you'll at least get that one game before you go to Tuscaloosa to try this out, give it a test drive, and see what's going on.
1: Yeah, they're installing this in the spring. That tells you it's it's not something they can change overnight. You mentioned that possibly being the, the best contribution to the Specs text line. What about this? Gary Patterson selling signals? Ah, uh, come on now. No, uh, okay. no. No. No.
0: no. I don't know. That's uh, I'm not buying into the GP conspiracy. Come on now. and And, and you know, Gary still comes around the program a little bit. As a matter of fact, I was showing up for uh, I was parking my car for a uh, spring availability. And uh, I, I parked my car right there, not the staff lot, but you know that lot right yeah. next to, yeah. to Moncrief. I yeah. parked right there and pulling up next to me right at the same time. Cause GP? It was post-practice available. Yeah, GP pulls up. He'd been to practice and was just kind of hanging out, checking things out. It'd, it'd which be- he said he would do. He said he'd come back from time to time.
1: It'd be fun to be around because you got Paul Chris there, you got Gary Patterson there. I mean, there's some, there's some great football minds. And going back to the insider piece on Horns247.com, of course the signal part is huge, but maybe maybe I'm getting head head of myself here, Jeff. Maybe stealing what you wanted to talk about.
0: No, no, no. That's that's the main thing I wanted to, okay. to, to to get to, just get that out there because I, I do think it's important.
1: Outside of that, the biggest nugget as a Texas fan was that a team source told Horns247 that. Jonathan Brooks is going to run for at least a thousand yards this year if he's fully healthy.
0: No, oh, that's that's kind of the thing with him, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the only reason he didn't get more run in the Alamo Bowl was because he was already hurt, and Sark has since confirmed that. I don't, I think it
1: was it had a hernia, right? I
0: don't, yeah, I don't remember if it was during the spring or on one of the speaking tour gigs uh, post spring ball, but he did say basically they had they had initially wanted to get Jonathan Brooks a lot of run in the bowl game, but then they realized he needed the hernia surgery, so that really cut down his reps. Yeah. Basically he was good for exactly the, the number of reps they used him for. Just turns out one of those reps was a touchdown. But yeah, I, I don't I mean a thousand yards, I, that's a that's a tough that's always a tough barometer to get to just assume a guy's gonna be a thousand yep. yard back. But I I don't I almost don't care if you have a thousand yard back. I, I think if you can take the production of of Bijan and Roshan and maybe split it up between three or four guys, I think you're gonna be you're gonna be just as fine. I, I do think this offense, you know, last year's offense, I thought Sark did a, a good job. I won't say a perfect job or a great job or an ideal job because I do think you left some meat on the bone, and I talked about that when Bijan made the announcement that he was turning pro. But I do think Sark did a good job of maximizing the advantage that texas had over their opponents in terms of they had you can you can make you can make the claim texas had the best backfield in the country last year. Oh, 100%. With Bijan and Roshan. 100%. And whether that was utilizing more two back sets, whether that was utilizing that 60 line package with Andre Carrick, uh, running more 12 personnel with two tight ends as your as your base offense, uh, basically you you were doubling down on the on the advantage you had with those two talented backs. Uh, again, left some meat on the bone in terms of how you use those guys. I mean, Bijan didn't get a target in the passing game in the tcu game which you know uh, it was what it was you had
1: to bring that up you just had to bring it was what it was I'm
0: not going to go back down that road and, and beat that dead horse even more but sark did a good job uh, where is the where does the advantage lie for this offense i think that's something that sark has kind of spent the offseason really trying to pin down and figure out, okay where's your advantage i think clearly you look at it and the uh the advantages with your depth at wide receiver, the potential depth you've got, especially with Isaiah Nair on the way back, the addition of A.D. Mitchell. Cam, I know you got a, a glimpse of Jonte Cook in spring. I think we can all agree he's really talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever you get from DeAndre Moore, Xavier Worthy, I, I'm wondering how he's going to be now with two fully functional hands. Uh, it's, you've got the chance to have a real, Jordan Whittington coming back. You've got the chance to be really good at receiver. I still think as important as the tight end is in Sark's offense. I still think at the end of the day. What Bijan Robinson was to last year's offense, Jatavian Sanders is going to be to this year's offense. Wow! You, you, I with, with Jatavian Sanders, and, and this kind of goes back to a little bit about what we talked about yesterday with the blue chip ratio. And again, you can go to Horns twenty four uh, seven and get Bud Elliott's twenty four seven Sports blue chip ratio article to see kind of where Texas stands in the pecking order in terms of percentage of the roster that are blue chip prospects and where Texas ranks in the country. Um, in terms of the talent you've got, and then the talent at certain positions you've got. You can very much make the argument, and I would probably agree with this if if you wanted to tell me the statement as fa- as that you think is factual. Is Jatavian Sanders? I, I think he is. I think he's the best tight end in the country, not named Brock Bowers. Mm-hmm. Because Brock Bowers is is tight end number one for everybody. I haven't seen everybody's the preseason All America lists are starting to come out. You'd be you'd be a dummy if you didn't have Brock Bowers as your first team tight end. But after that. JT Sanders right in that mix and I can very much make the case that he's he's number 1. Rod Babers has brought up this point of the blitz and it's really weird to think about it cuz it'll only be 2 years but then again like Jermichael Finley will only play has been assuming that JT goes pro after his junior season when he's draft eligible but you only got 2 years out of Jermichael Finley and he put up similar numbers Jatavian Sanders has a chance to leave Texas as the most statistically prolific tight end in the history of the program. In terms of catches, he's already had the best single season in school history. And playing three years, one of those years, he didn't catch a pass. Did not catch a pass in 2021. And he didn't redshirt because he was on, I know he was on the kickoff return team. He played some special teams and ended up playing 10 games in that season while he was really getting adjusted to the position. So... You've got a really unique dynamic weapon and a guy that probably, I would say for the first time, Texas has, and you can make the argument that David Thomas was a five-tool tight end with with his athleticism. I would say the the last time Texas had a legitimate five-tool tight end that has all the tools JT Sanders has, probably a healthy Bo Scaife was the last time you had a tight end that had these kind of tools and and had the ability to put it all together. In terms of his ability as a blocker, hands, vertical threat, ball skills, the whole package, I think a healthy Bo Scaife was the last one you had. Now, I'm not taking anything away from David Thomas, but uh, people forget what kind of weapon. like Bo Scaife had two very, very serious knee injuries, still got drafted still played in the NFL, and was good enough in the NFL at one point that the Titans one year used their franchise tag to keep Bo Scaife around. That's a good Bo Scaife was in the NFL after two really serious knee injuries at Texas where Mac Brown once upon a time told him, hey, maybe it's time to start thinking about something else besides football. Maybe you really need to think about your health. That that That's where I think Jatavian Sanders is, and that's why I think if you're Sark, I think you build this offense around him.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. And I also think about how – open the offense is going to be right because how many times did we see the the six-man jumbo package because whether it was the offensive line depth or just not having enough healthy bodies at receiver this year you're going to have more depth what a position right you just mentioned you just mentioned Jonte cook isaiah nair who in your the 247 piece uh that came out today you know he looks really good he looks really fast a team source said so you have nair you have uh deandre moore I'm missing somebody else. You're going to have a, a lot of guys, right? So that means you're not going to see the six-man Ryan, Niblets on Ryan campus right now, yeah. Back on campus. And then also more development, more experience, more reps for defensive line, right? Sark is going to have a lot more trust going with a five-man offensive line, right? As opposed to last year where he had to go to the six-man a lot more than he probably wanted to, right? The offense was, I would say, a little bit hamstrung. And J.T. Sanders still, he still put up production... And did things no other Texas tight end did. Now, going to next year, I'm excited because you're going to have a lot more weapons on the field, right? Your defense, I feel like last year, they could focus in on Bijan, Worthy, and Sanders. And remember, Worthy was injured. And if yeah. you already know what the other play calls coming in, and if maybe, you know, defense is kind of new, yeah, Worthy's not 100%, they could hone in and really try and take away Sanders. Going to this season, if Texas can stay healthy, right on the on the, on the skill positions with Jay Witt coming back I forgot about Jay Witt. he's coming back I feel like it opens up the offense a lot more for Sanders too
0: a couple of things here uh Stoner says why did they let that info out that they're changing better if opponent uh better if opponents think you don't uh you don't know they yeah. have your signs well i mean regard they were going to they're going to find out anyway and that's not like the the coaches that's on like sart telling us hey uh you know here's what we're doing like that's mm-hmm. you know that's finding out information and reporting said information so you know it, if if you had to change your signals you know you were going to change them anyway and teams are going to find out it's not like they're going to know they're going to they're going to be able to tell right off the bat what your signals are anyway so um i don't and by the way cam that uh that text we got that said their son worked for the west virginia football program and swore up and down that everybody and basically everybody in texas played knew their signals he did say for whatever it's worth it is it is legit. Yeah. So that's uh that is that is wild. Uh says Texas for 5 million a year uh, as head coach I would have a lip reader on staff. Uh, and would send some NIL money to coach his girlfriends. Dude, uh, that's why. Why do you think you see like Andy Reid and, and guys when you watch them on TV or at all, at all levels? Like, I, I don't know if – I can't – I don't remember if Sark does this or not, but you hold the your, – your call sheet, you hold it up does. over your face.
1: I've, I've seen because what he does is he'll crouch down, right? He has his sheet, and I swear a lot of times he doesn't cover it up. And maybe I'm just remembering it wrong, but I remember seeing that and thinking, hmm, interesting.
0: I'm not talking about covering up the place. I'm talking about just covering your mouth. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I don't
1: see him, like, you know, kind of, like, cover it, you know, like we see with Andy Reid or Sean McVay or Shanahan.
0: Yeah, I see, like, Kyle Shanahan. It's almost like a Wilson from Home Improvement. Like You just see <laughs> his eyes most of the time. Every now and then you'll see that sideline shot where you see Shanahan's whole face, but most of the time it's like Wilson from Home Improvement. Like, can we see your whole face, dog?
1: Who was the NFL coach that – had a you know an applebee's menu as their play call sheet <laughs> Was that Doug i Peterson? vaguely
0: remember that uh let me look at that i but... mean
1: that's also another option i do want to go with the fold out you have seven pages that includes your starters all the way down to your happy i mean maybe that'll throw off some teams too
0: um i do want to correct myself on the specs text line um Jonathan Brooks had two touchdowns in the bowl game. I was thinking I was talking about the touchdown reception, but he did have. Uh, and I've got the box score in front of me now, with nine fifty to go in the game. A three yard touchdown run uh, following an eleven play, seventy four yard drive. So, my bad. Jonathan Brooks had two touchdowns in the bowl game. Uh, I threw that in the Google machine, Cam. I don't. Uh, I don't see anything about.
1: Oh, Mike McCarthy.
0: Mike McCarthy.
1: <laughs> Look at that! Look at that monstrosity! That's a pamphlet. That's like a. PDF eight pages. Yeah, and that that's the guy calling our place this year. That's great. I'm really glad I looked that up. I'm gonna try and forget that. <laughs> great.
0: Why why has it gotta be Mike McCarthy with the Applebee's menu as the call sheet? Which all y'all have to get hey, fat head he's, coaches.
1: He's just trying to think about what host he's gonna order after the Cowboys lose to Green Bay. I mean, he's thinking ahead. You got to, you got at least he's thinking, right? Thinking about something, thinking about those baby back ribs.
0: Uh, dude, I haven't eaten at Applebee's in so long. I can't even tell you what's on the menu there. I really have no idea. When was the last time you ate at Applebee's, Cam?
1: I think I've eaten there once, and it was with Snoop.
0: <laughs> I, dude, I think there's because there's an Applebee's in buta Um, I, I don't even think my daughter was born yet. The last time I ate there,
1: I, I do know they have.
0: $1. Yeah, see, now, here, now the texts are coming in. Oh, it would be McCarthy that would have the Applebee's <laughs> menu.
1: I, I have heard they have a dollar Long Island iced tea nights. Hey. So, you're looking for a little pregame.
0: Back in the day, man, that was one of my, there was a time where that was my go-to beverage.
1: Now it's just so long Island. Diet Coke and Jameson. Now it's
0: just Crystal Light Peach Tea and Coke Zero and water. It's, yep. pretty, much, there you go. it's pretty much how I roll these days.